InMotion Hosting empowers you to build and grow websites with all the essential tools you need, featuring a hyper-fast performance from the only web host powered by Ultrastack. Complete with 99.99% uptime, free SSL, one-click application installs, and a free domain for a year, yes, a year, rest assured knowing your website is secure and managed by friendly 24-7 human support. Go even further with their managed WordPress hosting platform. All plans are fine-tuned to deliver superior performance, security, and scalability. Build and launch a WordPress site in record time with their free page builder and professional themes, or transfer an existing one with free migration tools. Start your next WordPress website with InMotion and experience hyper-fast load times and unparalleled performance. Plus, you'll receive free lifetime SSL certificates, automatic backups, and unlimited bandwidth. Visit mattreport.com in motion. That's mattreport.com slash in motion for your free web hosting consultation right now. Mattreport.com slash in motion. Thanks for supporting the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Matt Report Podcast. Special guest today, Ken Elliott, co-founder of Be Creative Media Solutions, co-organizer of WordCamp Columbia, MC of WordCamp US. This is round two. We had some technical issues. <laughs> uh, in our last episode, we were talking about, uh, our last recording, we were talking about this, uh, finding you on Twitter uh, under the guise of uh, an introvert uh, and here you are on a podcast publicly talking about yourself, and now you're going to be an MC at WordCamp. What we were saying before the, before the recording crashed is pushing yourself, pushing these boundaries, as I label myself an introvert as well, obviously you do, as you do too. This is an exercise in saying, okay, look, I need to step out of my comfort zone a little bit. And then technically, like, hey, just because you're an introvert doesn't mean you're uncomfortable. It just means that, man, I just give all this energy out to this public speaking thing or this presentation that I'm doing. Uh, fair statement to say that you maybe look at the WordCamp US thing as, you know, just pushing your cre your creative boundaries or, you know, getting your name out there, but maybe dialing it back at the pool instead of going back to the, the after party or something like that. Well, I definitely will not turn down the after party. I'll say that much, but uh, <laughs> I will be at the after parties, but um. Yeah, I think there's always trying to find that ability to show up when it's necessary. Um, like I said, I consider it a service to be able to volunteer for um, WordCamp US and to be able to share in the excitement and the celebration of all of these great content um, creators and developers and people who share their knowledge with the communities. So if there's any way I can get on the stage and celebrate them, I will do such. And then after that time is done, um, in between my time on the stage and after parties, <laughs> I will definitely refuel, take a couple of hours, go do my thing. If I'm not just sitting down, just resting um, in the hotel room, I'll probably go for a walk or I'll go get in the pool just to clear my clear my refuel and kind of clear my head and just refresh because it is so necessary as an introvert. Just give yourself the opportunity to refuel. Have you gone to any in-person um, events since the world, air quotes, reopened? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really thinking about, I, I thought I, I feel like I've, I've gone to one, but I can't remember what it is. That's really weird. Um, but I want to say I did go to something relatively small. It wasn't anything 
where you're packing, I think, close to 600 people. And it's funny to say packing in because, you know, WordCamps easily do 2,000. But, um, yeah. yeah, to say 600, I don't think I've done anything larger than maybe 50. So just to be able to see a large yeah. amount of people and just to catch up with all the people you've known over the years and, you know, embrace um, responsibly. <laughs> and yeah. have an opportunity to share uh you know ideas and collaborate and you know just reminisce is 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 amazing so i'm super excited to be back what about your local like wordcamps and wordpress meetups still involved on that front and and still collaborating over there or is has that sort of died down a little bit with everything going on yeah so our local wordpress meetups actually um were offline and what ended up happening is one of the main organizers ended up getting burned out because she was the main one organizing, getting it together, finding speakers. And so it became a bit of a, a bear for her. And so she ended up taking a break from it. And so we were supposed to work on relaunching it back in 2019, but then um, we couldn't get all of the pieces together. And one of the biggest hurdles we've been having even now is trying to find a venue. And so of course, we had a problem with that and then COVID happened. And then now we're actually in the place where this year we've been moving towards getting the meetup started back up. We were trying for August, but then another hurdle happened. So hopefully once we get back from, um, cause both myself and another a new co-organizer, we'll both be at um, WordCamp US um, next um, September. So we'll be able to, um, when we get back, our goal is to have, our first reboot meetup in October. Yeah. Nice. And it never got into the virtual thing then. Like you weren't doing just like zoom events or anything like that. It's not the same. <laughs> no, it's not the same. And even on meetings, like normally like this, I'm, I'm showing my, I mean, you know, we could see each other, but um, when I do meetings with peers, I'm always off camera. That might be an introverted thing, but I'm, I have zoom fatigue to the max. So I'm just like, I don't feel like showing my face. I prefer not showing my face. And then we'll catch up um, and have a conversation somewhere else. But I, I prefer having in-person because I think the conversations are much more intimate and personal when you talk face-to-face. When we did our pre-interview, you said that community is one of the reasons why you're in WordPress. You've been in the space now for, what, 12 years, something like that? Wow. I've been, yeah, I've been working in or using WordPress the platform since 2010 so yeah about 12 years so it's been just fun to use it and i think one of the things i ended up using it for was a project because i was trying to find another way to easily upload and get content on the website without having to you know heavily program the php and learning the sql database so it was a refresh to be able to do it but yeah in regards to the community aspect I honestly didn't even know there was a such thing as WordCamps until 2016. Um, I think one of the hosting companies shared a link with me and I was like, oh, wow, this sounds pretty cool. It'd be great to see a bunch of WordPress um, users and developers and learn from them and all that stuff. And ever since that first time I've gone, it was actually WordCamp Atlanta, the first one I went to. And ever since then, I've wanted to go to WordCamps and learn more and see my friends and peers who've become near and dear to my heart. 
this might be hard for you to remember, but do you do you remember a, a time when you used something other than WordPress and, and did the community <laughs> really sell you on pushing you forward on using WordPress? Now, I had a former manager um, at a company um, and the company actually didn't do anything that revolved around technology. They used, they used technology, but they didn't really use, um, they weren't like a web development company or anything like that. And so he had mentioned using Joomla at one point. And so, and he would say, Joomla is going to be amazing. You should check it out. I think you would love it. Um, and so I ended up trying Joomla. I played with it a little bit, but I think the big thing for me, because I was already involved with WordPress, I understood how it worked and how everything seemed to be flowing. I just went ahead and did WordPress. I So I probably did Joomla for maybe three to six months. Didn't get into it as, that's heavily. And I also had one client eventually say, Hey, I want to use Joomla in place of um, WordPress. And I didn't really want to, um, he wanted to pivot his WordPress to a Joomla, but in regards to platforms, that might've been the only one. Um, and then one of my full, um, one of my employers at one point used .NET Nuke, which, you know, that's ancient. Um, and so I, I, I easily and quickly pivoted them to WordPress and they've enjoyed it ever since. .NET Nuke is how I learned a lot, honestly, about <laughs> uh, just like everything, like open source, Linux, installing, you know, Linux servers, Apache servers, like configuring a whole environment wow. and then launching something. .NUKE I has uh, definitely has a special place in my heart. It's actually one of the things I was like, wow, I found it. Obviously, I found it before WordPress, and I was like, this is a tool because that thing did everything. It had like a bulletin board, it had a blog, yeah, it had comments, like it had this whole yeah. stack of things that you could do. It's actually quite interesting when you think about how long ago that was. Oh my goodness! And it, I guess it was kind of like the beginning of content management in, in, in my mind. Because, like you said, everything was already there. It was already pre-built. And so you just had to select it and launch it in the most part. I think the biggest issue I had with it was how rigid it was. It didn't seem to just, right. oh, okay. Like like with WordPress, you can easily go in now, especially these days, you can easily go in and the plugins already have, they either migrate easily with the styling of your theme or you can go in and style it um, right there on the interface. So it's very easy, but... .NET Nuke, very <laughs> difficult time modifying yeah. <laughs> that. <laughs> um, so was it straight into Be Creative Media Solutions as you started learning WordPress? You're like, hey, I can turn this into a business. How did you start the business? And you're a co-founder. Who's your founder and how did that happen? So kind of a backstory real quick. So when I was learning that PHP and that um, database and SQL databasing, um, it was actually presented to me in college. A guy was looking to build a nightlife website where he shared images online, he shared um, bar and club um, events and specials, and then he would go out to the club, he'll go and take the photos, he'll go and get all the information, and then I would upload it to the website. Um, of course, he was doing all the fun stuff, and I'm doing all the labor-intensive stuff. So. Um, and I wasn't making near as much I probably should have been making for the work that I was doing. So eventually, I think we kind of had a falling out, but I did love the idea. And I was like, and you know, this was around the time like 05, 06, where Facebook had just taken off 
And so you're like, okay, maybe I should create a nightlife social media website. And so I kind of, <laughs> I spent like maybe six or seven hours a day. I mean, there'll be times at night I'm just sitting there like, okay, how do I do this login so that so-and-so can comment? And I'm just thinking about all that stuff then. Um, That's when you were like, I wish Dot Nuke was still here. Because <laughs> <laughs> it li- li- literally know. solved all of that stuff. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but, it was, but it was a fun time because um, I was learning code. I was heavy into it at that time because I was trying to figure out a problem because I knew there was an opportunity there. And um, so I spent a lot of time working in that. But then um, my business partner, he knew I knew code. And he was a designer developer by, um, excuse me, not des- he was a designer by heart. And so he knew graphic design and he actually went to school for it. And so he ended up um, having a project where they needed a website done. He's like, yeah, let's um, collaborate on this. Let's see how we do and see how it works out and then we'll consider. And so kind of what ended up happening, long story short, the nightlife project um, ended up kind of dissolving because we ended up starting migrating over to WordPress because we didn't want to do all of the updates manually. And so once we got on WordPress, there was another company by the same name up in um, Massachusetts that um, wanted to get funding from one of the major um, alcohol and beer um, companies. But every time that company started searching for the name that we had, our, our business name, our information would come up. And so they ended up buying us out and we kind of got out of that entirely. And so we're like, well, hey, we already are good at building websites. Let's just go ahead and start a business and see where it takes us. Fantastic. I'm looking at the the homepage right now of becreative.net. Your product is only as good as your brand and we know branding. Contact us. Um, there's a lot here that I want to unpack. Do, yeah, you absolutely. Remember, do you remember your first customer? <laughs> and then can you compare that can you compare that to the types of customers you bring on now and the major lessons you've had in between uh oh, since lo- getting man. customer number 1 to maybe customer 100 I think customer number 1 and we'll go back to um that story again a little bit in regards to the nightlife but when we got that first customer um he reached out to me like say he was the designer he was like hey I I need help with this website um they, the church it was a church website and so it's funny now because at that time you know you're still young and raw and you have no idea how to price yourself so you're just like oh yeah okay yeah. we'll do it for a little bit of money he didn't make any money because it was his church so <laughs> he just yeah. did it i got a little money i was like yeah. yay i got paid um yeah you, you did it now, for 500 and you gave him some business cards too and yeah oh my goodness it, <laughs> yeah. it was so interesting that time i was just like wow and to now look at what we're doing and we're receiving clients who we we have processes we have contracts we use software um not only for invoicing we also use software for project management and we're very meticulous hey we need this information we need this signed off on before the deadline, before we go into this phase of the project. So the whole the whole process and philosophy for Be Creative is so different now where, you know, there's some clients we would say, okay, just we we have the luxury of saying, 
hey, we don't think we'd be the best fit for you, but we have some other people who might be a good fit where before you'll take on everything just because you're trying to make money. Where do you think you learned the most to shape your internal process and your product offering? Was it, and these are my words, not yours. I'll let you fill them in. (laughs) Was it failing with customers or was it you seeking the education to to get better at the business or was it a mix of both? And I'll just paint a little bit of a picture. In when I ran my agency, it was all of the failures. <laughs> it was all of, oh, we need a project management tool now because doing this through email doesn't work. A proper <laughs> invoicing system because doing it in Google Docs was just stupid. Uh, how to find the right customers so that I know that they're a good fit for what we can do versus just saying yes to their money. Most of my lessons came uh, off the wave of a failure uh, with a customer experience. What about you? It's funny because all of those examples seem to apply exactly to us as well. And so a lot of times we're just like, yeah, absolutely. We'll do your project. And then we realize, okay, we don't like how this project is progressing because either this client doesn't pay in a timely manner or this client isn't providing feedback or content in a timely manner or this client just flat out, they're just hard and difficult to work with. And so a lot of it is those failures, and especially um, the first few years, it was tons of failures. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it was almost like every quarter, it's almost like, gosh, another failure, another failure. But it was also a lesson learned as well. We were able to take those failures and um, change our processes, add things to contract, increase um, prices. Um, and then even now, because I'm reading so much, I'm learning more about business structure and processes and philosophies that I can apply. And, you know, now it's like, okay, well, obviously we shouldn't be doing this in email um, because guess what? Emails are going to be like, especially don't do it in text because a lot of times you're texting and then you make it so impersonal, um, the conversations that now it's like, oh, okay, well, let's just go ahead and have a conversation fully in text about a project. And then you really have to go back in the history to determine if that was actually said or not. So sometimes just having a log, putting it in email, putting it into your um, um, client management software makes it so much easier. What about price? Let's just focus on price point for a little bit. Uh, there's three things on your website, which is uh, exciting to me because there's, there's oh, I, when I talk to people who run creative agencies or really any business, there's, there's always this kind of like tug of war of, of, <laughs> of this logic. So it's like, some people will never put any pricing on a, on a page and it's just a contact form. Uh, other people will never put a phone number because like, good Lord, I don't want you to call me. <laughs> uh, and then uh, you also have um, sort of a messaging chat, right? So there's another thing where people can just interact with you right there. I'm assuming all three of these things lead to success for you. On the pricing front, before we get to those, those three things on your website, on the pricing front, uh, how has pricing changed from the beginning to where you're at now? Do you get into things like, I don't know, project scope, uh, discovery mm-hmm. calls, monthly maintenance, uh, which all leads to bigger projects, but also maybe more complicated customers. And then there's Absolutely. that approach of, it's just this one price. We're profitable. We deliver it for you. See you later. And sometimes that works really <laughs> well. Like where, where do you land on that spectrum? So the price we have on there is kind of a, I don't want to say it's a catch-all price, but it's a price that kind of determines if this is the type of client we even want to work with. Um, 
from experience, <laughs> and it's funny, it seems to be the more the client is willing to pay, the less of a headache they are. Um, we've only had one client that has paid a substantial amount of money and they were an absolute headache. But every client that we've had that's paid a substantial amount of money to get their website developed, they were it was a breeze. It's like, oh, okay, hey, you need you need the money to get for the down payment? Hey, here it is. And it's just like, God, this is great. Okay, I love this. Um, but then the clients who are under our price point, which we have a price point on there as a way to encourage those who are very serious about their project to go with us because we don't want it to seem, okay, well, we're just devaluing your project um, at a certain price point. But then there's other clients who, hey, all they need is just a simple page. You know, we just, hey, it's going to be something as simple as just a basic template or just a basic design. Hey, you just provide the content and we'll just upload it for you. And then there's a maintenance plan for it. And so it may not involve as much money to do, but um, the whole project scoping, the whole discovery calls, the um, that whole process is absolutely there. So when people fill out that form at the bottom um, to contact us, they get the inquiry, the inquiry. Um, um, well, we get the inquiry and then we proceed to, they proceed to get a project, um, what do we call it? A project um, questionnaire, which then asks for more information about exactly what they're looking to have done with this project. Because then we'll use that information to, when we have that first discovery call, say, okay, well, based on what you're looking to have accomplished or what you put on this form, this is what we can do for you. And so that time before we even take our accept a payment, we want to make sure that we have all of that stuff, all those ducks in a row, because then we can determine, okay, can we do this project? Is this client right for us? Does this match up with the price they want to pay? And or do we even want to pay this price based on the scope of work that needs to be done? And so, yeah, absolutely. The price point is very important because then it kind of sifts through yeah. what is you, a potentially good client and then what could be a client who could be a potential headache. And as I said before, the lesser ones seem to be a bigger headache than the um, ones that don't mind paying more. Do you find yourself saying no more than you did at the beginning of the business or uh, is all the, the, the brand and the, the workflow that you have for people to sign up, is that really just weeding out the badder, the, the badder? What kind of words am I using here? The, the worst customers, uh, the worst customers that come through, they're already qualified. They see the price point. They see your portfolio and they're already a better fit right out of the gate. It's normally the latter because a lot of times yep. the clients, because they, re they realize how much the, the expectation is to set that, hey, a website is a lot of work. You know, sometimes people come to you and just think, oh, OK, hey, I want a website. And then they expect it to be done in, you know, a couple of weeks to a month. I'm like, okay, let's let's level set here and make sure that you understand that, hey, it takes time to get this done right. I mean, sure, we could do a website in a, in a month. Sure, we, we can do it in two weeks. Um, if you're willing to provide the content and we're on, we're, everybody's on go all the time. But realistically, the best thing you can do for your website is to take time to make sure that everything is ironed out and that everything's exactly how it needs to be because nobody wants to, you know, do it. Or for example, you know, you're, you're in the design, you're in the development process and then you have a, some type of feedback that should have been addressed in the design project. And now we got to go back to the design project and make a change. 
or we have to charge you because now we're making a design change for something that should have been handled in that phase. So, I mean, it's, it's really, really important now for us to make sure that all of that stuff is taken care of on the front end and we're not in a position where, okay, now we're discussing things on the, in the back end that should have been taken care of in the front end. I mean, yeah, that's one of the things that, that I learned, you know, pretty early on is once you start to, uh, you know, put in even just like a minimum, right? Like I remember starting out putting in, uh, God, I, I, I can't even remember what my pricing was, but I remember just having like a contact form and it was just like, is your project less than, is your project uh, budget less than 500, 500 to a thousand, you know, 1000 to 2200. It's like these arbitrary numbers. Yeah. Like, what am I doing here? You know, it's just like set the minimum of like where you want to be at. And if they, if they contact you and that number was in front of their face before they hit send, I mean, they should be not all the time, but they should be ready to, to be, you know, to, to doing business with you. Absolutely. Um, Walk me down the strategy of having the phone number and the chat widget to have people uh, communicating with you right away. Is it working for you? Who takes the call? <laughs> Is it you? Is it your business partner? How does that all play out? It kind of plays out. It it depends, you know. And I think the hardest part, like the messaging, is pretty straightforward because with like the Facebook messaging, they come to both of us. Um, we both have it set up on our phone, so whichever one of us decides to get the messaging the message, we just proceed to answer it. Um, in most cases, he'll answer it because he loves to do a lot of the onboarding stuff. And so I'm like, he, he's an absolutely great salesman. And so he knows how to onboard and set the expectation and set the price points and all of that amazing stuff. So the client feels warm and welcome and fuzzy, which is always the goal. Um, so he takes on a lot of that <laughs> stuff. Um, the phone number is the hardest part for us because you got to, figure out okay is this a client or is this a a spam call or is this a robo call or is this you know um one of these advertising agencies trying to hit me up for the third or fourth time to, <laughs> to collaborate or, hey you need to buy some more yeah. ads and so the phone number has been the hardest part for us um because you don't know how who is who and so you almost have to pick up everything and then you realize okay this isn't um a lead so let me go ahead and hang up but the other part is once you pick it up and they know that you pick up the phone then they're just going to call you the robocalls are going to call you two three times more so we're still trying to figure out the yeah. phone number aspect of it but soon enough hopefully we'll get it but it's it's been a task yeah <laughs> what so Someday I'm going to put all those robocalls in touch with one another and just see if it can generate. It's almost like artificial inte intelligence. Like if I can take all of these spam phone calls and connect them somehow, can they just run a business for me just calling each other? Like I've got this great idea for content. Great. Go talk to this web designer. And then great. Go talk to this advertising agency that keeps calling oh, me and just like goodness. put them in this like complete loop. Oh, uh, some man. kind of crazy Westworld stuff. Um, <laughs> awesome. Is there anything on the horizon that you're looking to do with the business, uh, with the brand, uh, I know we're halfway, a little over halfway through 2022, but is there anything new and, and interesting that you're looking to launch into with the business? Gosh, I don't think, I think the big thing for us is just maintaining and being able to sustain, sustain the amount of clients that we have right now. Um, one of the things we've been talking about heavily is putting in better quotas because um, we have such an influx of clients uh, right now that sometimes you just 
overloaded and you're just weighted down by the amount of clients. And so we're going to either two things. We're going to increase pricing. So the prices you see on the website, as I always say, today's price is not the same as. So we're going to increase it. It's going to happen. I can't even say it's going to, it's going to increase. Um, the other thing about it, too, is we just have to put quotas in because um, we have to tell people, look, this is we already have our set amount of clients that we're working on for this quarter. Um, if you're still interested in us and we would love to have you, um, please um, sign up for quarter four um, next year, um, quarter one, quarter two, just because the biggest thing for me now is, well, two things is um, self-care, putting myself in a place where I'm not overweight because, I mean, I'm still a husband. I'm still a dad. I'm still a son. So I need to make sure I'm taking time with family. But then also as well, I want to make sure that I'm putting the business in a best place for growth where we could bring on people and help them help give them money. So we're not also just, you know, burning ourselves out. So those are the two big things yeah. for us. <clears throat> yeah, no, that's, that's fantastic that you recognize that. That's something that, that I still struggle <laughs> with today. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people, you know, do as well. It's, it's hard to turn mm-hmm. that off because you build it again over you know, probably over a decade now you're doing this and it's just like, how do you just like turn that off and, and, and streamline it so that it doesn't over overwhelm you, but yet it still grows. It's a scary thing. It's just like when you were, you know, saying no to a customer again, 10 years ago, if you were, if you heard a bad fit customer, you probably would have still said yes. (laughs) because You're like, Hey, it's money coming in. I'm going to, I'm going to take it anyway. You know, it's not until you realize what that power or how powerful that is. Once you unlock that, when you, when you can say no to something like, "Ah, I don't think we're going to be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Um, or even where you're at now, where where the business is so busy, maybe this opens up something new where you can work with somebody who's just coming up, right? And you can say, hey, I've got this. Okay, we're not a good fit. We don't have the time for this. Uh, you might not have the budget for us, but but this person Absolutely. does. Let me introduce you to them. They're a freelancer. They're just getting started. And that might unlock a whole new you know, business for you, right? Just, or just referrals, right? Just sending it to good, good people, getting serviced by other good people for a fair price. It just, it works out for everyone. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me just shift our attention in the final minutes here of, of of how you're building WordPress sites. Have you embraced Gutenberg? Are you using uh, Gutenberg full site editing? Do you have a perfect WordPress stack that you use for all of your projects? What do you use to put the sites together? (laughs) Oh goodness. Um, Let's just say we, have not embraced Gutenberg yet, not because we don't want to, but I think it's more so we have a comfortable stack that we're just used to using. And it just, I mean, when you already have a flowing process, you don't want to break it. And and if you do break it, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time to learn and test it and make sure it works flawlessly, which is always important that it works and flows properly. So we have not done that yet. We're still using um, ACF for a majority of our sites because it just, the capability, we still have the capability to design in CSS easily, the PHP, you know, you just throw the PHP in there um, with um, ACF. So it's relatively easy for us to do and we don't have to worry about stressing about, okay, well, drag and drop. I don't have to drag and drop stuff. I just, okay. And then for the clients, I have to make it as super simple for the clients as well. Like we don't want the clients to just be editing everything. Um, hey, cha- change, <laughs> just change this text. This is your um, header text. Change that. Oh, okay. This is your about section. Change this about section. We don't want you to feel, oh, okay. If you delete 
um, which I mean, of course, you can always revert back. But the last thing I want you to do is to call and say, hey, I deleted this entire page off my um, our section off my page or I decided to delete this entire page. How do I get it back? And now I got to go in there and make sure that not only you. I can revert it back, but then also I don't have to um, load a backup if it's so broken that it's bricked. So, you know, no one wants the white right. screen. Um, so any way to prevent yeah. <laughs> the white screen is the goal here. Um, so we try to keep it as simple as possible for yeah. us and our clients. Yeah. And ACF is, it's like, that's a very powerful Absolutely. tool. It's not just, you know, it's, it's still going to stand the test of time. Has there been any, uh, I know WP engine recently purchased it from delicious brains. Have you seen it change at all in terms of like messaging what they're doing with the business at all, or everything's good so far? Everything's good so far. Um, I mean, as far as when I've been making updates to it, I haven't seen anything that has been substantial. Um, of course, you know, I follow them on Twitter and of course the newsletters come out every now and again, but um, I haven't seen anything that's been substantial that's made me concerned. And as best as I can, I try to keep up with a lot of other newsletters to see if anything that I might have overlooked or missed has happened with um, ACF, which I do with a lot of plugins just because you can't keep up with everything. WordPress is a speeding train. And so if there's any way I can try to keep up with what's going on in regards to updates with plugins and things and WordPress in general, I try to, um, I try to do that. Ken Elliott, everyone, becreative.net. The URL will be in the show notes. Ken, I'm going to uh, final question here. Your Twitter handle says the networking introvert. When we did our pre-interview, we talked about doing maybe a podcast <laughs> around this. Uh, what's up? What are you going to do? When are you going to launch it? Oh, uh, I need to launch it. Uh, <laughs> that's for certain. <laughs> um, let's just say it's been one of those things that have been on my to-do list for two and a half years. As always, you buy all of the other stuff that is necessary to get it done. I have the um, studio mic. I have, um, I even have, um, the, the podcast, um, cover. I know exactly what the podcast, um, album cover is going to look like. I just have not recorded any podcast episodes. I have ideas for what the podcast <laughs> episodes would be. I just have not done it. So it is one of those things where you're just kind of ping ponging your head. Okay. Just sit down and do it. Um, but then you also look at the yeah. other aspect of stuff. Okay. Well, do I have time? Or is Be Creative going to allow me to do it? Um, and I'm other, actually, I'm also trying to get Columbia WordPress meetup going as well. So we'll figure it out. Um, most likely, I will try my best to share these introverted thoughts in a timely manner. But right now, my introverted thoughts are my own. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, make sure you let me know when it launches. Absolutely. I'll let the world uh, know uh, that it's that it's out there. We'll post it on Matt Report. We'll post it on the WP Minute. Uh, Ken Elliott, everybody, where where do you want folks to go to say thanks? Oh, goodness. The best place I'm always there is on Twitter. I do my best work there. Um, outside of that, I mean, I've kind of been embracing, embracing LinkedIn a lot more because um, I like what's going on on LinkedIn a little bit more these days. Um, those are the best, too. Um, and if you feel like it, send me a, um, send me an email. Um, Ken at BeCreative.net, that's fine. Um, I, I, I will chat if you have any questions or concerns or feedback. Hey, I love the network. I'm, I'll give you my intro. He's open to <laughs> I'm it. I'm open to it for certain. He's open to it. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> uh, look for him at WordCamp US. Say hello. MattReport.com, MattReport.com slash subscribe to join the mailing list. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash MattReport to support the show for as little as $5 digital coffee or join the WP Minute Link Squad for $79 a year. Be part of the weekly WordPress news at the WPMinute.com.